doing a, a freedom series. This is part three. Part three. Look at your neighbor and say it's number three. Now, what we're talking about today is being cleansed, being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. See, the real springboard of this series comes from Ephesians 1.7. I'm going to put that on the screen. <coughs> Ephesians 1.7. It says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. How many of you know he already paid for it? Our freedom. You don't have to try to get free. He already paid for your freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited that Jesus paid for my freedom. The opposite of freedom, if you were to look at it uh, in the dictionary or thesaurus, the opposite of freedom would really be a word called imprisonment. How many of you know that there are people that even give their life to God but never really step into the freedom that God has for them? Listen, it's not free when you're addicted. It's not free when you are always battling your thoughts. It's not freedom when you feel like you're going into a depression. Am I right about it? It's not freedom when you always feel like you're lacking and can never get ahead. It's not freedom when you feel stuck and feel like this is about as far as I can go in life. How many of you know that's not freedom? God has a freedom that he paid for. And when we begin to understand and believe what he said, then we're able to enter into that freedom. How many of you want to enter into that freedom? Listen, it's not freedom to feel insecure. It's not freedom to not be able to laugh. It's not freedom to not be able to rejoice. It is freedom when we come to God and we enter into his presence and we begin to really see all that he has for us. And the Bible gives us a secret of how to overcome. In Revelations 12, it says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So it's not just enough to just know the word. God says, I want you to speak the word. And that this is a weapon. This is a weapon for you to be able to overcome and come into freedom. Now, what we're going to be focusing on today is the third benefit of the blood of Jesus. Before we get into that, we're going to put this on the screen And we're going to say these together, and I believe as you say them in faith, God's going to begin to deliver you even while you're speaking them. Do you believe that? Let's put these uh, on the screen. Let's give them a hand in the back. They're doing a great job. (coughs) Say this with me. By the blood of Jesus, I am delivered from all the power of the enemy. Do you believe that? By the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. That's good news. By the blood of Jesus, I am cleansed. By the blood of Jesus, I am justified. And by the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified. If you believe it, give God a hand today. That he totally, at the cross, totally eliminated your sin and allowed you to come into freedom with God. You know, your freedom really comes from your faith. And what Jesus did. Your freedom doesn't come from just a ritual of saying things or, or maybe even reading things. Your freedom comes from faith. And how many of you know that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith? So that when we focus on Jesus and we focus on his word, our faith increases. Let's look at 1 John 1.9. 1, it says this, if we freely admit 
that we have sinned and confessed our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse, say cleanse, us continually. Let's look at that for a second. Cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. How many of you are glad that he will cleanse you continually? Not just once, but you get into the waterfall of God's cleansing and you begin to always feel the cleansing of God. You begin to always feel that God is washing you. See, God has covered your sin, but he wants to take away the stain of your sin. God already covered your sin, but we have to believe, but because of the blood of Jesus, he takes away the stain of your sin. What is the stain? See, a lot of us are saved. We believe that we're forgiven, but the the enemy, he likes to stain us. He likes to mark us. He likes to uh, use things in our life to, to paint a picture of who we are that God never said that we are. For example, how many of you remember when you were little and, uh, and, and you had two different readers in class? You had the Jaybirds, you know what I mean, the Bluebirds and the Redbirds. How many of you know that the Redbirds were always the people that spoke slow and they put everybody in the Redbird uh, class, the Robins, you know? You know, those are little things you don't think that's big, but when, when you begin to grow up, you begin to mark yourself like, man, I'm, I'm not that smart. I'm, 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 there's a stain. You know, you don't realize it, but, but there can be a stain of like, I'm not, I'm not smart. Somebody makes fun of you. Somebody makes fun of your clothes when you're little. You, you have a stain, an emotional stain on you of, man, I'm poor. I'm viewed as poor. I, I, I identify myself as poor. And, and what the enemy wants to do is he wants to clog this up so that you don't really come into freedom and you feel cleansed from all this. You ever had a dirty car? You ever had a dent in your car and you're like, I don't even feel like washing it. You know what I'm saying? You had a dent in your car and you're like, I don't even feel like washing my car anymore. Why? Because you, you, you had this brand new car and you loved it and then all of a sudden it got damaged a little bit and you kind of let it go. But how many of you know that God cleanses us, he gets the dents out and he makes us new again? He gets the dents out, he makes us new again. So in other words, maybe you have a, a problem in your health from addiction. Not only did God cover that sin, but he can heal your body. Not only did he cover it, maybe it's your fault. Maybe you have STDs today. Maybe, maybe you have a sexual transmitted disease that is your fault. God not only covers your sin, but he can cleanse your sin. He can set you free. He can make it to where you're like brand new. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God paid the price to make me brand new. Have you ever seen, have you seen, anybody have Facebook here? Anybody have Facebook? Y'all are all lying. Y'all all have Facebook. I know it. <laughs> have you seen these new glasses that they have for people that are colorblind? Have you seen that? Uh, these people are colorblind, and, and, and I don't know why, but most of the people that they show putting on these glasses, they're grown men, they have kids, and so this is like the present they're giving their, their grandpa or their dad, and, and they put on these glasses at grown men, and you just start, they see colors that they've never seen before. And they begin, they begin to cry and weep. I saw one guy 
one guy, he was like a burly guy. You know, he looked like a biker. He had a big beard. You know, he had a, he, you know, a big shirt on. He looked tough. He put on these glasses. He started acting like a little kid and cried like a baby. Why? Because he's seeing something that he's never seen before. Something came alive in him. He's, he, he's seeing things differently. He's seeing things through a different lens. Have you ever seen when babies or even people that have never heard before get tubes in their ears or, or they, they do, you know, some surgery on their ears and a baby hears their mother's voice for the very first time, how their eyes light up? This is what it's like when we begin to come into the faith and understanding that Jesus' blood cleanses us. See, because we are all a spirit. We, ha- we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Now, what the enemy wants to do is to clog our soul. What is your soul? It's your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. The enemy wants to clog this up because it is lining your soul up and cleansing your soul by the blood of Jesus that makes us come alive to God. Now, I'm going to say that again. It is lining your soul up to the blood of Jesus so that your spirit becomes alive to God. See, the enemy wants to put his thoughts, his suggestions, his emotions, his will, and and it's like you get clogged up. But how many of you know the blood of Jesus? It's like spiritual Drano. You take in that blood of Jesus, and all of a sudden, you start to think different. You start to feel different. You start to have different desires, and now you're able to see in the Spirit. See, we're spiritual beings, but we live here in this earth. And Jesus said, I actually poured out my soul for you. That he poured out his soul on the cross that when we have faith, that he shed his blood for us and we apply that to our life, we believe that not only does he cover our sins, but he cleanses our sins. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. So not only does he forgive you, He's going to fix the problem. Not only does he forgive you, he's going to restore the problem. And, and you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, many Christians don't step into the full freedom that God has for us because we don't understand that the blood of Jesus gives us access to a spiritual realm. Are y'all tracking with me? The blood of Jesus gives us access to hear God's voice, to see who you are in God, to see vision and purpose. See, the enemy wants to cloud all that. Am I right about it? The enemy uses this information age. You know, you can Google anything. You can Google whatever and find tons of information. And and, and we can be so clouded by things that we are not hearing God. Can we just be real for a minute? I mean, we could be all religious and say, we're hearing God, we're feeling God. But there are some days when you don't feel close to God. Am I right about it? Now, I don't believe that God wants us to live that way. I believe God has given us a gift so that we can spiritually come alive to him, but we have to know how to access it. How many of you want to know how to access it? Now, I want you to do something really quick. I want you, everybody just close your eyes really quick. And... I want you to think this to yourself. I want you to say this to yourself in your own mind. I want you to say, you're awesome. Now, look up at me. How many of you know you heard you're awesome 
but you didn't hear it with these ears. You heard that you were awesome, but where did you hear it from? Well, it's just my mind. It's just my cock. No, no, no. See, God has given us ability to go to the fourth dimension in him. That we are in this box, this three-dimensional box here with our feelings and our touch and our what we hear. But God has given us access to hear something beyond these ears. Now, um, I want you to look at that screen really quick. Look at that screen and focus on that screen. Focus on that, that word freedom with the box over it. Now, close your eyes and try to picture that. How many of you can see that? You can picture what you just saw. See, this, these are things that God uses to give us words and pictures to be able to access the spiritual realm. How many of you want to access the spiritual realm? Now, it only happens when we believe that God covers us, cleanses us, and makes us new. Now, everybody close your eyes one more time. Now, I want you to think of something that you've never thought of before. It's a pink elephant with a tutu. How many of you saw it? Now, you're now seeing something. Now, you're using your imagination. Am I right about it? Now, you're using your imagination. See, this is what God uses to speak to our lives. God uses not these ears, but our spiritual ears. Am I right about it? Not these eyes, but our spiritual eyes. Jesus said, blessed is the man that sees and hears. He said the prophets from all the days of old dreamed about seeing spiritually and hearing spiritually. This is how God speaks to us. Am I right about it? How many of you want God's voice to be clearer in you? How many of you want to see what God has for your life? Well, we have to believe what the blood has done and come into faith and expect to hear his voice continually. Not like, you know, one time I got an encounter with God and I heard God speak to me. No, every day. We are born to be in his presence every single day. How many of you want to hear his voice every day? Now, if we were honest with ourselves, we would probably say, you know, I want to hear his voice, but I really don't know how to. And, and you know, we can have exciting messages and hoop and holler, but how many of you know it's all, it's all just um, words until you access God for yourself, until you hear God for yourself, until you see what God has for you, for yourself. I want to give you today three effects of the cleansing power of the blood. Three effects of the cleansing power of the blood. Number one, the blood cleanses our minds so that we can hear the voice of God. Let's look at John 1.7. It says this. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship. Say fellowship. With each other and the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. So, so what does it do when the blood of Jesus cleanses you? What is this doing? What is it doing? It's causing you to have fellowship with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't have fellowship with you if you don't talk to me. 
All right. I can't really fellowship with you if you're not speaking words to me and I'm speaking words to you. The only way to really have fellowship with God is to believe that Jesus shed his blood and he cleanses us so that we can hear his voice. So now, now, you ever woke up in the morning and you just felt like funky? You ever woke up in the morning and you're like, man, I've been thinking stupid thoughts. I had crazy dreams. Anybody? You had stupid dreams. You're like, it seems like things are clouded. It seems like things are, you know, everywhere. You know, my goal in the morning, every morning, is to hear God's voice. My goal in the morning, every morning, is to hear God's voice. But there are sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking stupid thoughts. I'm thinking what I got to do. And so what do I have to do? I go to the cross and I say, Jesus, because of the blood that you shed, I believe that you cleanse me so that I can hear your voice. And all of a sudden, I hear this in my mind. Son, I'm with you. Son, I'm going to give you grace today. I'm able to hear. See, that's what faith is. Faith is hearing the voice of God. Faith is not just doing things and hoping it pans out. Faith is stretching out and hearing the voice of God. Our faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to hear. Now, if you're not hearing the word of God, you're not having faith. Am I right about it? So when you believe, you know what, because of the blood, I expect to hear his voice. Come on, I want you to start to get an attitude with the word of God. I want you to start to get an attitude like, no, 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 I'm expecting because he shed his blood, I'm expecting to hear God's voice. Not, well, maybe, maybe he'll speak to me. Maybe he'll give me a thought. No, 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 I'm expecting, why? Because he's continually cleansing me. He's continually cleansing me. So I expect to continually hear God's voice. A lot of you hear God's voice and you don't even know it. Because we don't put our attention to God. We just think it's a random thought. But God speaks to us in the heavenly realms through thoughts. Come on, how many of you want to come alive to God and begin to hear his voice? You say, I, I don't want to just be dull. See, that's what Jesus said. He said, look, you talk about me, but your hearts are dull towards me. You're not hearing my voice anymore. You know, we think of that word bitter. We think of that word like well, if somebody's bitter, that means they're mad at somebody, right? Like, oh, they're bitter. They're, they're, they're a bitter person. But really, bitterness is just, um, bitterness comes from something being stagnant too long. Am I right about it? Bitterness comes from these little thoughts of doubt and these little thoughts of, of you know what, I don't really hear God's voice. This dullness, this like, well, you know, I, I, you know, I don't really know where God is. I don't know what he's really. And, and you can have this kind of attitude when it comes to God that, you know what, I don't really hear God. If he wants to speak to me, he can speak to me. How many of you know that God wants to change that bitterness and make it sweet again? There's a story in the Bible where the Israelites, they were coming out of the wilderness or they were trying to get out of the wilderness, and they found a place to drink water. They were thirsty. And so they go to drink water, and the Bible says that the water was bitter. See, a lot of you, you're trying to go to God and hear his voice, but there's bitterness there. You can't hear him. You can't really sense him. You can't really feel him, and there's bitterness there. And, and God told Moses to do something very profound. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to put 
a stick in the water. And the stick in the Bible in the Old Testament is always a shadow of the cross. He said, I want you to put a stick in the water. And the Bible said that these bitter waters begin to get cleansed and it begin to turn sweet. See, maybe you think, well, God must not be for me. Maybe God just doesn't speak to me. Maybe God speaks to somebody else. God wants you to go to the cross and begin to say, no, I'm going to begin to hear the sweet voice of God again every single day. See, you see, see, a lot of us, we don't think we can hear the voice of God because of the things that we've done in our past. But when you believe in the blood, you say the blood covers me and the blood cleanses me and I'm expecting to hear his voice. How many of you want to expect to hear his voice? The second thing is this. Y'all okay? The blood cleanses our emotions so that we can see our new identity. I'm going to say that again. The blood cleanses our emotions so that we can see our new identity. I, I, I can bet you today that you feel a certain way about yourself by the way that you think of yourself. You think or feel a certain way by the way that you think about yourself. The Bible says, so a man sees himself or thinks of himself, that's who he is. And so a lot of times we see ourselves in a certain way and we don't get the picture that God has for us so that we, we find ourselves feeling down and discouraged and these different feelings. How many of you know feelings are real? Feelings can get you, feelings can cause you to feel like you're not close to God. Am I right about it? How many of you know that the blood of Jesus washes your feelings? That I have faith when I receive the blood of Jesus that my emotions are, are beginning to get washed and I'm going to view myself in the way that he views me. Are you viewing yourself the way that God views you? Because a lot of times we live this life and we're just used to being in a prison. We're used to seeing ourselves a certain way. We're used to getting a picture of ourselves that don't line up with the word of God. Well, let's see what the blood of Jesus does. In Revelations 1, 5 through 6, it says this. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, and look at this, washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a king. Look at the other person you just ignore and say, you're a priest. What does God say? God says right here, I'm cleansing something in you. I need you to have a picture of what the blood of Jesus makes you. See, you need to have a picture of the way that God sees you. God sees you through the eyes of his son's blood as kings and priests. Now, do we act like kings at times? Do we act like we are the ones that are able to mediate for our nation and we pray? No, when we lose our identity, then we begin, we begin to find ourselves getting drifted off by our own emotions and feelings. And God is saying, I want you to have a picture. See, Abram, Look at Abram. Abram was feeling down because he was like, I can't give my inheritance to anybody. God said, I want to give you a picture. I'm going to change your name. Your name's Abraham. Some of you, you need a, a name change today. You saw yourself 
a certain way, but God is saying, this is how I view you. Jacob, he was always fake. He was always playing. He was never serious. He had no character. He saw himself that way. God said, you're no longer Jacob, you're Israel. You're God's chosen people. You are the the foundation of my nation. How many of you know that we have to change the way that we think about ourselves? What way are you viewing yourself? Because the blood of Jesus cleanses you. Gideon, Gideon was supposed to fight an army, but he was in slavery and he was hiding out in a wine press. And God looked at Gideon when he felt fearful and said, you're a mighty warrior. What are you feeling today in your life? Do you have the emotions of joy? Do you have the emotions of peace? Because how many of you know that the blood of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, I expect to come into joy. I expect to come into peace. Why? Because I begin to view myself differently through the eyes of Jesus. Let me ask you today, and this is very simple, but it's very true. Have have you been joyful? Have you felt peace? Because it's very hard to feel close to God and do the God thing when when you can't even laugh. (laughs) Some of you need to watch a whole night of comedy. You just need to laugh. You need to laugh till you cry because... Uh, look, I was feeling down the other day, and I saw uh, uh, Pastor Diane actually was playing the drums, and she was trying to pretend like she was a drummer. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I watched it like ten times. I felt like a new person afterwards. Some of you, you got to learn to laugh. Some of you, you got to learn how to be joyful. Begin to, what, what does God say? It says, sing and rejoice, O barren woman. Begin to rejoice that the blood of Jesus It cleanses you, and you become a person with a new identity. How many of you know that God has called you the head and not to tell, above only, not beneath? He called you to be more than a conqueror. He called you to overflow. Listen, a king is not poor, and a king has authority. And if you begin to see yourself as somebody that's able to access heaven, then you'll begin to walk a little different. Am I right about it? See, the problem is the reason why we don't really see ourselves a certain way is because we have this thing called accusation all the time. The enemy's objective is to point his finger at you and say, this is who you are, this is what you've done, this is the only thing that you're going to be, and listen, begin to just accept it. The enemy starts to point his finger. It's like he's chasing you. It's like the enemy's chasing you, like you're trying to get away, you're trying to be free, but it's like the enemy, he's close on your tail. Am I right about it? He's always suggesting things. This is what the blood of Jesus does. Do you remember when they applied the blood in the day of Passover and they begin to go through the Red Sea? Do you you remember that? Who was chasing them? The enemy was chasing them. The enemy was running after them and they kept on going and what happened? The enemy began to get swallowed up by the water. What happens when you begin to believe in the blood of Jesus? The accusations begin to fall and begin to get swallowed up in the blood of Jesus. And no longer, yeah, give God a hand if you want to. No longer do you feel this accusation on you. Now you begin to recognize your freedom in God. You know, I, I was, uh, we, we did an encounter last week, and uh, it was awesome. And, um, you know, I, I was going to speak on the, the blood of Jesus and the cross. And I was asking God, I said, God, 
I want to see a new side of you, and I want to see a new side of me. And I began to pray, and I was in the back, and God began to give me a picture of, of uh, me the way that I am with my son. And I can tell you, it sounds like something simple, but I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. I tried to speak for about five, five, ten minutes, and I couldn't stop crying. Why? Because God was giving me a picture. See, the blood of Jesus will cleanse your emotions and give you pictures of who you are. See, Simon was, the word Simon, the name Simon means blowing in the wind. Jesus said, your name is rock. And so what the blood of Jesus does is once he wants to paint a different picture of who you are. Come on, I believe that this is going to be a week where you begin to see yourself differently than who you are or how you feel about yourself. He cleanses your emotions. Number three, and I can get somebody to come and play. Number three. The blood cleanses our past so that we can receive vision for the future. See, the blood of Jesus cleanses your past so that you can have vision for the future. See, the blood of Jesus actually cleanses your will. How many of you know we all have a will? Even when you were little, you know, the first words you said was like, no, right? You all had a will. It was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, you wanted to do opposite of what you're supposed to do. We all have a will. Now, the blood of Jesus cleanses us so that we begin to have God's will in our life. And see, the Bible says that people perish because they lack vision. They, they lack um, this thing that God wants to do in their lives they, they lack this vision in their life, but the blood of Jesus cleanses you so that now you can begin to imagine what God is going to do in your life. Let me ask you, do you have vision for your life? Not just, I know who I am in God, but where are you going? What is God calling you to do? Let's look at Hebrews 9.14. It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, listen to this, to cleanse your conscience from dead works. Now, this is what the Bible says the blood is doing. It's cleansing your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Let me ask you something. What is your conscience? What is your conscience? Your conscience is your awareness of God. Your conscience is your awareness of if you're doing what God is telling you to do or not. It's being aware of God. And this is what the Bible says, that the blood of Jesus begins to cleanse a dead conscience where you're not doing things because of faith. You're just doing things to do things. And so what happens, the blood of Jesus begins to cleanse your conscience so now that you're aware of God and you're aware of the vision or the plan that God has for your life. How many of you want to access the blood of Jesus? You want to say, I don't want to just know about the blood. I want to access this. Listen, if you haven't been feeling right, you need this. If you haven't been thinking right, you need this. If you haven't been hearing God, you need it. That's why Jesus said, come to me. All that are heavy. See, we, we, we want just a, a, a message or a church service to, to fix our problems, but God is saying, I've given you the gift already. I've given you my blood, and if you begin to believe in my blood, you're going to begin to see yourself come into freedom. See, the blood cleanses your conscience from dead works to faith-filled service.
there's a story where Jesus is walking with his disciples, and his disciples see a blind man. He has no vision. He can't see. And his disciples asked him, said, Jesus, is this guy blind because he sinned? And God said, no, it's, he's not blind because he sinned. He said, he's blind right now. He can't see because where he's weak, I'm going to get glorified in his weakness. And the Bible says that Jesus did something very profound. He actually spit on the ground and he made clay. He made clay and he put it on the blind man's eyes. Now, I believe that the blind man didn't have any eyeballs. And Jesus put this clay on his eyes because he said, I want you to begin to imagine what it's like to have eyes. I want you to begin to dream about what it's like to have vision. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go walk to the pool and I want you to wash off. And when he did, he was walking in faith. He was getting vision for his life. He was starting to imagine what God had for him. And all of a sudden, he began to wash off and he was able to see. Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. And I believe today that some of you, you, you can't fake like I have a vision from God. You can't fake like, well, you know, I, I just, I see myself a certain way. You can't fake it. You know what's going on with you. You can't fake like, yeah, I hear God all the time. But God is saying, hey, I want to give you some, I want, I want to give you some Drano for your soul so that you can come alive. And today you're going to be like those people that put on those glasses and you're able to see color for the first time. You're going to be like those people that your ears begin to get unplugged and you're able to hear God for the very first time. The Bible says that those that acknowledge him in all their ways, he'll direct their path. And so when you begin to acknowledge God in everything you do, you begin to have vision for your future. He begins to direct your path. How many of you want to begin to, to be aware of God? We need to be aware of God. We need to be aware of what he's saying. There's a word for you today to change you forever. We have to be aware of the way that he views us. It's got to be such a clear picture that we can't go back to the old us. Some of you, you see yourself as a Christian that used to be on fire for God. You say, well, I used to, you know, when I was in the youth group, I, I used to be on fire for God. I was, I was fired up for God, and, and the enemies actually marched you and said, oh, you're the person that used to have God in your life, but things have happened, and now you're dull. And God is saying, I don't want you to live that way. That's not living in freedom. I want you to applaud this blood and unclog all these thoughts and these emotions and this wrong thinking and feeling and begin to have faith that if you come to me in my cross, that you're going to begin to change. See, the Bible says that the cross is foolish to those that are perishing. You know, those that are perishing are not close to God. Those are the people that are perishing. The Bible actually says that wide is destruction and hell, and many people will perish. Narrow is the gate that leads to life. And I believe there's a lot of people that are living, going down this road, 
of destruction, not hearing God, not believing in God, not obeying God, because they won't just say, you know what, God, I'm going to apply and I'm going to believe this foolish thing that the world sees, and I'm going to begin to say, you know what, because of your cross and because of your blood, I'm going to begin to expect different thoughts. I'm going to begin to expect to hear the voice of God. You ever been halfway asleep and you thought somebody was calling your name? You weren't really sure? Did you know that God is speaking while you're sleeping? Did you know that the enemy is sleeping while you're oh, sleeping? The enemy is speaking while you're sleeping? He is. God wants to speak to you in the early morning. God wants to speak to you when you're laying down at night. Listen, don't wake up in the morning and not apply the blood and believe that the blood of Jesus is cleansing you, not cleansing you. Wake up in the morning and say, today I hear his voice. Don't wake up in the morning and say, well, I'm not feeling it, so I must not have a day with God. No, apply the blood of Jesus over your life and begin to hear his voice. You say, what if it's not God, but what if it is? You'll never know until you start trying it. You say, well, that's weird. We're weird. You hear, you're hearing from a God that you can't see. You got touched from a God that, that hasn't become visible. You're already weird, just the fact that you're sitting in this room. So you might as well take advantage of what God has paid for so that you could hear him. The most miserable person in the world, I believe, is the people that know the truth but don't live it. The people that are most in prison, I believe, are the people that know that there is a God but doesn't take the time to meet with God. Why do it? Why live that way? Let's put on those glasses today. Let's begin to unclog our ears today. Let's begin to dream. And hey, you might, you might, you know, use your imagination with God. This is what it is to live for God. Listen, this year, I'm, I'm just, can we just talk today? This last year, God was telling me, you know what, your kids need to go here, not here. Well, that's, that's weird, God. I had a, I had a dream. You kind of spoke it to me. Uh, I'm not really sure. But guess what? I believe that if you act in, in your obedience to what God, you think God is saying, he's going to show up. He's going to show up. You're sitting at the gas station. There's somebody in a wheelchair, and God's saying, you know he can stand up. And you're like, ah, that's just a crazy thought. No, 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 that was God. You say, well, what if I go over there and I pray for him and nothing happens? Yeah, but what if you go over there and pray for him and he gets up? That whole place is going to come to God. So God wants to paint a picture. I remember when I first started getting in the ministry and I was putting all this into practice because I really didn't know. You know what I mean? I was like, I just want to try it out. You know, I don't think God has any problem with you trying him out. It's better than not. And I remember I was picking up somebody. It was on, I think it was called Florida Street. And they had, they had about 15 guys on the corner. And they were all smoking weed and, you know, doing their thing on the corner. And 
I went to go pick up this, uh, this young man, and God gave me a picture. God gave me a picture of just stepping out and talking to these guys, not knowing what I was going to say, and they all give their life to God. Now, in that moment, I thought, God, this is a crazy thought. Because they're going to look at this little white boy and say, what are you doing on this corner? Am I right about it? But you know what? I said, you know what? I want to try this thing right here. Because you gave me a picture. I'm not trying to conjure up my own thoughts. You gave me a picture. I want to begin to operate in faith. So I picked up the young man and I drove around the corner. I was so nervous, man. So nervous. You know, you try to act like when you do things for God, you're so bold and you just believe. No, most of the time, if you're not freaking out for Jesus, you're not really living for him. Now, I'm not a person that, if you knew me growing up, I'm not like this just outgoing person. I like to talk to crowds and all that. I'm not introverted, but I, 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 I don't prefer to, like, talk to 15 people that I don't know. Really not me. But God gave me this picture, and I said, God, let's try this out. And I stepped out, and I promise you, I don't remember a word that I said, but I did say, man, every person here, you have to have a relationship with God. And I remember my heart going towards them and saying, I got to just pray for you. I don't know why. I got to pray for you. Did you know every man on that corner bowed their heads and confessed their sins and lifted their hands, put out their weed, put away their drugs, and gave their life to God. God has pictures for your life today. He has words for your life today. He wants to show you who you are today. Let's begin to be aware of God. Let's begin to say because of the blood of Jesus, he cleanses me continually, and I continually hear his voice. When you walk out of here today, you're going to hear his voice. He's going to say, hey, speak to this person. Or he's going to say, you know, I think this of you. You know that God wants to be your friend? God wants to be your ultimate friend. Let me tell you, if you're lonely today, everybody needs relationships. But if you're lonely today, you got to know that you have a faithful friend that will never abandon you, never turn his back on you. And you've been waiting for other relationships and God is saying, oh, you think that you're just different and nobody, you don't have relate." But I'm really, I've been calling out to you. I want to be your friend. Abraham was known as the friend of God. How cool would that be? Come on, how many of you want to be a friend of God? Step out, man. Take a chance. Believe that it's him that's speaking. How do you know if it's God and how do you know if it's the devil? Well, everything that's from God is good. And everything that's from the enemy is wrong and evil and dark. And that's why we have the word of God to be able to distinguish, am I hearing God's voice or am I hearing the enemy's voice? Are you hearing God's voice about your, your life, your personality? You might think that you have the worst personality and God's in love with it. God loves your personality. You think you got to be like somebody else and God's like, no, I'm going to paint a picture. You're like nobody else. And you're going to have a special thing.
today, if you can, if we can all just stand up right where we are. Before, after I pray, we're going to have baptisms and people are going to make a declaration to say today, I'm going to live this new life with God. That's what it's saying. Today, I'm going to live this new life of going after his voice, going after his word. That's what, that's what we're doing today. Maybe you've already been baptized, but you say, you know what? To be honest, I haven't been close to God. To be honest, I haven't stopped to hear his voice. I want you to do something with me today, and then we're going to worship together as people get baptized. Can we do that? Can we just worship? I believe that as you worship while people are getting baptized, making a new declaration, that God's going to speak to you, that God's going to show you a picture. How many of you want to believe that today? Come on, right where you are. If you say, you know what, I need to hear his voice. I need to know a new picture. I need to see a new picture of myself. I need I need to know his will for my life. I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for your blood. Come on, say it with your mouth. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you that your blood continually cleanses me so that I can hear your voice. Thank you that your blood washes me so that I can have a right picture of myself. Thank you that your blood washes away my past and gives me a fresh future.